keep peace. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to uh, this edition of Wag the Talk FM. My apologies for not uh, having updated uh, your podcast feed for the last two weeks, but it was crazy over here, so I had to stop uh, just for two weeks. But now, full throttle ahead with new episodes every single week, every single Monday, about public relations uh, and other related fields in our profession. So this week, we're going to talk with Dr. Bree Devon. She's a public relations lecturer in the School of Advertising, Marketing and PR over in Australia. So we had a, a, a nice talk about her latest paper. And in fact, uh, Bree, she's doing research about um, corporate social responsibility and communications and stakeholder engagement. And her last paper had a crazy interesting title and I thought, well, we really have to have a discussion about this. So our last paper is uh, entitled Half Truths and Dirty Secrets, Omissions in CSR Communication. So we'll dive into the topic of CSR reporting, but also about, you know, the omissions, the things that you don't read in there, the half-truths and the dirty secrets that some companies keep. So uh, an interesting podcast. I'm sure you'll like this one. Uh, So uh, here we go. Dr. Devin from Australia. Hi, Brie, and welcome to this edition of Wag the Dog FM. Thank you for having me. Brie, I saw your, your, your paper, and it's one of those topics that I've always been interested in because it was also at some time part of my function, and that was CSR, but your approach, and I simply love the title that you gave your research paper, Half-Truths and Dirty Secrets, Omissions in CSR Communication. I'm going to use that, if I may, because that will attract a lot of people Especially with half truths and dirty secrets in there, it's it's a really you good may. title. <laughs> Thank so you. Tell, tell me, give me, give our listeners, uh, which are all communications professionals, most of them at least, and also maybe dabbling into CSR or maybe even responsible for CSR. I know a couple of them are. Tell me why that paper, and and first of all, maybe how how do you go about? How did you go into that research topic? The topic actually came up as part of my PhD research where I was looking at corporate social responsibility communication and what was, I guess, driving organizations to engage in CSR communication. Um, And one of the the companies that I studied as part of my PhD was an Australian bank. Um, Obviously, I am Australian uh, and found it quite interesting um, in that they have won quite a few awards for their CSR practices and are known globally as one of the world's most sustainable banks. And if you read their reports, they're doing excellent work or they appear to be doing excellent work. They're framed really positively. Um, and around the time, it was back in 20, 2010 actually, um, an activist group, um, which is well known throughout the world, actually launched a campaign against them. Um, and in Australia, one of the big issues that we have is around banks financing of coal mining. So a lot's been said and done around energy generation. Uh, and this particular bank, it was actually found to be the the leading financer of coal mining uh, from the activist organisation. But when you read their reports, the organisation actually didn't mention that. So they were very much focused on communicating how they were a leading financer of renewable energy and completely neglected to mention the fact that they actually were the leading financer of coal mining. Okay, so so this is important because they did position in their CSR reporting and communications that they were a leading bank supporting renewable energy, right? They definitely did. And they were quite, quite, um, I guess, clever in how they worded that. So they said they were a leading financer of renewable energy, which was technically true. So had they said we were 
the leading finance mm-hmm. for renewable energy that actually would have been a lie because they're actually not in Australia. Uh, one of our other banks is the leading finance for renewable energy and they come in at number two. Um, so they were, I guess, quite clever in how they framed framed themselves um, and definitely emphasised their financing of renewable energy. But then, yes, when you position yourself as a leader and even there, I mean, it's a nuance, it's an important nuance, but the the, 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 the lie here is that they are financing old school uh, energy, and in this case, coal, which is really not good for the environment, right? Yeah, and it's interesting when you use the word lie. Um, and that was one of the things that I was looking at when I was reading the reports of going, are they lying? Mm-hmm. And when you think of a lie, take, like to me, I always think of you've deliberately tried to mislead or, or you've, you know, you've said something that's not true. And in this case, I actually hadn't said something that's not true. It's what they didn't say. That, I guess, was the lie in this sense. Yeah, yeah. And that is, you know, am I, you know, I, I never lie, but I'm not always telling the full truth. So that is exactly the where there is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And hence the term half truth. So the organization in this case wasn't telling the full truth. It was very much positioning something, you know, the, the renewable energy financing that was going to make it look better. Um, and so obviously the half truth was the fact that they emphasized this and didn't emphasize or even acknowledge their financing of coal mining. Now we're, we're looking at, uh, uh, you know, this is about omissions, trust, transparency, credibility, which is which is so. Those are all very hot topic words, like keywords in public relations in the public relations industry today, uh, both in house as in in agency. What what more did you find out? So did you check other companies? Did you did you see a trend or? There's a couple of other companies um, that I will be looking at. So I'm hoping to extend that particular um, body of research a little bit more. Um, But we are seeing it not just in Australia, but organizations globally. One of the other examples we've seen uh, is around animal welfare. Um, So a number of organizations are positioning themselves as not testing on animals. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you dig down a little bit more, you actually find out that most any product um, that will sell in China actually by law is required to test on animals. Mm -hmm. So where an organization says we don't test on animals, actually, well, they don't test on animals, but at some point their product is going to be tested on an animal. So that in itself is also misleading and what I would consider to be a half truth. So yeah, you could consider in this case that anyone who sells, you know, those kind of products in the market of China somewhere in the flow, in the supply chain flow of getting that product on the market, uh, it will be tested on animals anyway. Exactly. And a number of organizations have been called to task on that. Um, So they include a little disclaimer now to say that while we don't test on animals, a third party might test our products on animals um, on our behalf to meet regulation. Yeah. And it's, and it's not the thing of, of, but again, I'm, you know, you could be against or for testing on animals. That's another the whole other topic. That's but it's a whole way, other story. Yeah, but it's the way how you position that, right? You you could say exactly. upfront, like, look, we do our best, and we ourselves do not test on animals. But know that in certain markets where our products are available, the, by law, these our our products need to be tested. So we just saying, like, you know, we control what we do. We don't control what other governments, you know, do or or decide that they have to do, right? Exactly. And it comes back to that keyword that you mentioned before about transparency. Mm -hmm. So it's an organization acknowledging that, you know, we're trying to do the right thing, but because of certain markets that we operate in, we can't guarantee that animal testing might not occur. Mm. So in in your research, we had this little talk about, you know, are those lies or half-truths, but what do you see? What are the techniques that are being used in, in the CSR communication and CSR reporting? That's an interesting question. Uh, And 
when I was doing my PhD, particularly, I was looking at communication that organizations used and, and what was driving ultimately their CSR communication. Um, so in Australia, for example, um, CSR isn't actually mandated. Organizations are not required to to write a CSR report. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a voluntary commitment like we see in a number of other countries. What was quite interesting to note, though, is that while CSR in a lot of countries isn't mandated, a lot of what's being done under the banner of CSR actually is legally required. We're also seeing huge organisations like the Global Reporting Initiative setting in place standards about what it means to be a socially responsible organisation and in turn how organisations can communicate about this. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting there is that there's actually these mechanisms or these drivers of CSR communication. And a lot of the time organisations don't actually acknowledge that we're actually doing this practice because, you know, it's considered best practice or because it's required by law, but will instead position themselves as being a moral organization. So where aren't we good that we're doing this because, you know, we're listening to our stakeholders or we're trying to be an employee of choice. Uh, so it's quite interesting to see some of the trends about how organizations communicate and very much if you look at persuasive arguments, drawing on the ethos, drawing on the credibility uh, to help position themselves more favorably. Yeah. You mentioned the GRI, the Global Reporting Initiative. I mean, I've, I've went through uh, the whole GRI training and then try to implement that in 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 an organization. First of all, it's a lot of work. Uh, it is a lot and, of work. And it's a serious thing. I mean, it's not something that you do to create a CSR report at the end of the day. I mean, the CSR report is just, you know, I mean, that's that's not even... A, a job kind that's, of thing. That's, it's, but that's the end point, isn't it? It's, you actually have to be doing it in the yeah. first place. For, for, for most companies, it's, it's, that is the focus. Now, um, again, in, in a company I work for, uh, they don't even produce CSR reports, but they, they do work according to the GRI principles and, and, and do the reporting and all these things. So in, in some cases, it's, um, it, it is definitely what, what I see at least is like, oh, yeah, let's write a report. Let's, we need to promote this. Well, you need to what you need to re- report that you're doing good business. Yes, you should, but it, there is always this nuance of then again, what do we put in the in the report and what don't we put in the report? Um, exactly, and I think that's where I guess culture comes into it a little bit. Um, so, if you look at research around corporate social responsibility, particularly in some of the Scandinavian countries, they talk about this catch twenty two of CSR communication. So it's kind of you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. The more you report, the more you're going to be criticised. The less you report, they're saying in turn, the less you're going to be criticized. But what I'd also argue there is if you don't report it, people then go, well, why aren't you reporting it? So it's one of these really challenging things for organizations where they have to be reporting it on one hand. And then on the other hand, you know, they're quite hesitant to because of the the challenges around the credibility and the transparency that may be associated with it and really choosing what do we communicate and what don't we communicate. Yeah, and it's it's it, as you said. I mean, I, I like the idea of it being a, a catch uh, catch twenty two situation where you you really don't know do we need to invest or not because it is an investment. I mean, it's it's time, resources, definitely. Um, it definitely it definitely yeah. should be. Yeah, it definitely it's, should it's be. A big thing. If, yeah. And if you want to do it well, it's not just hey, let's tack on this you know this social responsibility to what we're doing. It should be embedded and integrated throughout an organization. Is is that your is that what you're seeing after uh, doing the research on this topic that that it's really something about being embedded into the organization? 
I think if an organization wants to be perceived as being transparent and credible, then it has to be. They don't have a choice. Um, and if you look at, you know, the, re- the requirements of the GRI, as you mentioned, they're huge. Yeah, they are. Uh, and it's not something that an organization can say, hey, we've done all of this stuff if they're actually not doing it because they get audited on it. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that they can just do for the sake of doing. They have to really embed it. But what would then, according to you, be the best way to approach your communications around it? Uh, in a transparent way. And I, yeah, I guess that's all I can say. And, you know, I feel for communication managers because it is such a complex task of, of trying to work out what do we communicate, what do we not communicate. Uh, and I think the, the emphasis has always been on what do we communicate. So how do we position ourselves and, you know, in the bank's case of going, how do we position ourselves to make ourselves look to be socially responsible? Uh, and it's not to say, you know, they are actually doing great things, but there has to be some consideration about what's not said and what impact does that have on what you've actually said, if that makes sense. Yeah. Have you see, also seen, I, I tend to believe that a lot of CSR communications then when we talk about the reporting kind of thing and what people send out as press releases around CSR, look how beautiful we are. A lot of those things are, uh, you know, about, you know, maybe helping one or the the other NGO or, or funding a race against or, or those kind of things. Have you seen more sustainable kind of approaches to, to, um, to the content that you see in those reports? Uh, yes, yes, to an extent. Um, and I think that's also reflecting a shift in terminology. Um, and so one of the buzzwords that's been used instead of corporate social responsibility now is corporate shared values. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting and there's a lot of critique about, you know, is there such thing as shared values and does it, you know, neglect 50 years worth of research on corporate social responsibility? But we are seeing this emphasis on organizations trying to acknowledge that they are doing good work in the community, but that actually was also going to benefit them. So it's kind of been this subtle shift where once upon a time, I think many people saw CSR as a tack on. It's about giving that giant novelty check. It's about giving, you know, your employees going out and volunteering time. Whereas now it's about saying, well, what can we do to benefit the community? But how is that also going to benefit us? Mm-hmm. I sense a certain CSR fatigue uh, where mm-hmm. I've heard uh, communications colleagues like, yeah, you know, but CSR is really getting a bad name. So we're, we're shifting this, uh, <laughs> this whole communications thing around it. Is that what you, you meant with, you know, the focus now on, on, on shared? I think it definitely, so corporate shared values, I think it definitely can be. Uh, but I also think it's a reflection of organizations making choices about what they communicate. If we go back to that half-truths example, you see an organization that deliberately communicated in a way to make itself look better mm-hmm. and in doing so omitted information that undermined its communication. And, you know, that there is a key reason why organizations are being criticized for their corporate social responsibility communication. Um, so, I, you know, it's I think it's definitely required a shift in thinking and framing around corporate social responsibility and, you know, what does it mean to be a socially responsible organization and what information do we actually put out there? Yeah. Now, what I've, I've seen in the highlights of your report, um, you know, the findings suggest that PR practitioners need to give equal consideration to what is said as well as what is omitted. Is that uh, yes. your, your, your recommendation in the way that we need to look at these things and have equal consideration? But again, you know, we do work for bosses and somewhere someone will say, well, you know, this is not really the focus of our report. 
Exactly. And it's inherent in what we do. We frame things in a particular way. Um, I think the challenge though, is we have to, it's, it's not so much saying, should we have included that information? Should we not have included that information? And it is asking those questions and realizing that we have to make some choices around what we do and don't communicate. But what I'm trying to say is that we actually need to be aware of the implications of what we don't communicate. And does, is, does that cause misalignment with what we have said? Mm-hmm. So if we go back to the example where, you know, the organization's positioned itself as being an, a leading finance or renewable energy, which is great. It is doing that. But what they didn't say was that they're a leading financer of coal mining. And that in effect actually undermined the framing and how they'd position themselves. And it did actually impact their transparency and credibility. So they lost, they were in, in previous years, they were the leaders of the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. And after that report came out from the activist group, they actually lost that title. Um, and they had a number of shareholders submit a resolution demanding the company give out more information about its its financing of energy. Yeah, and that shows that CSR reporting, CSR communications and the, and the framing that you're using as a PR professional can have a huge impact and uh, should be calculated with a certain risk calculation formula as well, because... If you are found out afterwards, then it has an impact on your reputation as an organization. Yeah. Exactly. Look at the recent Volkswagen case. It's a prime example of that. The, the Volkswagen case is, 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 of course, probably a case that we're going to be discussing in our profession for a long time. Um, it will be. Yeah. And, and that goes really um, at, at the, the fundamentals of the positioning and the framing of these I always need to laugh almost when companies, car companies say, well, we, you know, we're putting on the market energy efficient cars. Yes, they could be energy efficient. They are not green. I mean, it's still a car. Yes. It still burns. <laughs> burns yes. fuel and I makes was thinking smoke. that I mean, <laughs> looking at clean diesel and going, yeah. is there actually such thing as clean diesel? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and the, the wording that I use sometimes is really almost uh, laughable. But, but now, of course, this situation with the Volkswagen where it's really, you know, with intent, that will have a huge impact. And I cannot imagine that any kind of CSR report coming out of the automobile sector will be, you know, will be looked at it at the same time as, as it was like last year. No, I definitely don't think it will be considered as trustworthy or transparent, that's for sure. Hmm. Have you looked at other uh, industries? You're, you're, you mentioned banking, but is, is there, have you looked at different industries? And, and if so, I mean, are there differences that you see? Um, I looked at energy companies as well as consumer good organizations uh, as part of my initial research that I did. Uh, and a lot of similarities really between between the companies and what they're doing. Um, obviously, a lot of what they're doing in, in Australia, particularly the Global Reporting Initiative, mm-hmm. um, is quite significant and organizations actually have objectives in place that they want to achieve a certain rating, typically around the A, the A star rating um, with the GRI. Yeah. So it actually has kind of blurred the lines where CSI, the reporting isn't actually mandatory. We're seeing a lot of similarities in what they're doing because of initiatives like the global reporting um, initiative. Okay, good. Well, as, as, a, as a last uh, tip based on the research that you've done, and, and really we need to stay in touch if you're going to continue on that, on that topic because it's a really interesting one. His CSR is important in the communications that we do for, for organizations. At the same time, we have a lot of questions around ethics in public relations uh it would be uh interesting to see how how those things go together or not at all uh but but re fi- a final a final message here to uh my communications colleagues listening to this podcast around csr communications 
Um, I would say that CSR communication is challenging, um, but I think it is a necessary part of public relations practice today. What I would recommend is that PR practitioners need to think about what they're saying. Obviously, we have to make choices in the way in which we frame certain pieces of information, but what are the implications with how we've chosen to frame that? Is there potentially information that could come to light that has an impact and questions the organization's transparency and credibility? So while you think about the notion of full truths, uh, I know framing sometimes makes that difficult uh, to do. So I just question that and say, have you framed it in a way that actually is a half truth? Are you misleading uh, your consumers, your customers, your stakeholders by what you're not saying? Great stuff. Thank you, Brie. I would, I would add, you know, stay away from dirty secrets. <laughs> they always exactly. Come, they always exactly. come out. <laughs> and that actually was the name of the activist campaign. So I won't uh-huh. take full credit for that. Um, so they accused, obviously, the bank when, when their report came out that they had a dirty secret. So they were playing, obviously, on the pun with coal mining uh, and the fact that the bank had kept a secret from its stakeholders. Okay, great stuff. Uh, Brie, thank you again for being on the podcast. And um, maybe you don't know that because maybe you're not into podcasting, but this was really recorded on International Podcast Day. So ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you see, so you were on a podcast on International Podcast Day. Something to tell to your friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. Bye. Voilà, dear listeners, the uh, the truth and nothing but the truth about CSR uh, communication. I found this fascinating and I will follow up with uh, Brie because she is going to expand our research. So that will be an interesting thing to uh, to follow up with CSR It's still hot, I know, but, you know, we have to keep tap on those things, specifically in the context of PR ethics and the changes in our profession, transparency and all those keywords that we like to use, but really need to uh, emphasize here in the context of CSR reporting. So uh, definitely a follow up topic here. If you like the show again, like every single week, I will ask you to now simply go to iTunes and give a review. If you're on a, on a mobile device, it's very simple. You can push now the logo of Wag the Dog and it will bring you to iTunes where you can leave a, uh, a review. Um, if not now, please do take the time later on because those reviews are crucial for the success and the continuation of this show. Voila, you'll hear me uh, next week again with an, another uh, interesting topic. We'll be looking at online monitoring, but then specifically about the role of emotions in our communication and in our online communication. So stay tuned for that one as well. And until then, do the right thing. Keep the peace.